Blog Talk Radio. Hello there, and welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Podcast, episode number 263. Hi. How are you? I am one of your hosts, Steve Sampietro, the aforementioned Sam Pete. And we are going to talk New York sports for the next hour and a half, two hours, whatever, however long it takes. It is good to be back. We haven't done a show, I think, since last August. Holy moly. But this is the 263rd time we've done this, so welcome to the show. Uh, just to uh, let you know how it works, uh, we talk New York sports, we talk about uh, lots of other things. Whatever really interests us, that's what we talk about. And uh, it's no big deal. You grab yourself a glass of wine, you grab yourself a beer, you grab yourself a cup of coffee. We talk New York sports nice. No big deal. Um, it's a New York sports talk podcast. It's fun. Two, three, four. All right, so welcome to the show. Uh, we are coming to you live from Comac, New York, Freehold, New Jersey, and Newtown, Pennsylvania. And uh, hi, uh, as I said, I am Steve Sampietro, a.k.a. Sam Pete, and this is Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, episode number 263. We have a ton to talk about tonight because we haven't done a show in a while, but that's not a big deal. So we're going to talk about uh, the Mets and the Yankees, and spring training is here, and we're going to talk about the Islanders and the Rangers and hockey because we really like hockey a lot. But we're also going to talk about the Jets and the Giants because football is never too far from uh, our uh, collective mind set. But what we're not going to do is talk basketball. Sorry. If you came here for the Knicks talk, you came to the wrong place. So um, grab a, uh, as I said, grab a beer, a glass of wine, a cup of coffee, nice, fix yourself a piece of cake. We'll probably talk food at some point. Because we always do. It's uh, ready to unload with Colin Sampete. Okay. So now that that's out of the way, let's bring in uh, the other participants. First and foremost, the Cal. The guy named Cal. The most important uh, co-host that I could have. The only co-host that I have, in the truest sense of the word. He is Brian Calneva Calpino Caliente. Brian Calvey! Hi. Hi, Brian. Well, hi, Steve. How, how are you, buddy? Good. Where have you been? Uh, that's a great question. <laughs> I've been literally here the whole time. It's strange because I've been waiting for you for like months. Yeah, I've been sitting I've been- at this desk for seven months. <laughs> That's the weirdest thing because I've been here too. I guess I guess I forgot to put FaceTime on. Yeah, we could have been doing a show this whole time. This whole time. Yep, we had a chance to be heroes and we blew it. Boy, oh boy. Boy, oh boy. boy How are you? We, good. We got a lot of catching up to do, don't we? We do. But you know what? I don't want to do that. Okay. Me <laughs> All right. Great. Good show. I've enjoyed this. As they say, we'll save the pleasantries for later. Yes. 
Uh, no, I mean we could we could we could go over. We've been way a long time. All this stuff. No, we've but we, done... no, no, we're not gonna. It's a waste of time to do that right now. We started the show in you know 2009. We did it for seven years. We could do all that. No, we could do all that. It's been done. It's been. It's been right. done. It's all no. been done. I had the wrong bare naked lady song there. <laughs> But we're not going to do that. What we are going to do is uh, we're going to get right into it. We're going to talk. Uh, uh, I've missed you in this format. Well, yeah, I have too. Right. We talk every day. <laughs> right. Like we, we talk every day. So uh, we've done a number of shows via text. But to do not this, eh, we've had well, a few run-ins. Well, but it would indicate that we don't do much else, and we, we're very busy, and we yes. check in from time to time. I don't want to give the wrong impression. You should give them. You should give that impression. We talk pretty much every day via text. Yeah, but I don't. Not like eight hours a day. No, no, no. Certainly not. Certainly not. Not between the nine to five. Right. Right. <laughs> and then, and then eleven o'clock at night. Right. With the check-in every, every Tuesday night. Every Tuesday night after I'm done playing. Uh, playing hockey is strong. After I'm done trying to play hockey. I have to set an alarm on my phone for 1130 every Tuesday night to wake up. <laughs> so you can get the, the Tim Horton, Sam Pete hockey report. I find myself dozing. I'm like, ah, I got to get the report tonight. Yeah, yeah there's, pic- there's pictures of me with Tim Bits and like a Labatt's just sitting there. <laughs> It's great because I don't know how to play hockey yet, uh, but I picked up sponsors. I don't know how that works. Well, you're very handsome. I think that's <laughs> how that works. Is that it? And oh, you, great. And you have all your teeth right now. <laughs> that's right. I still maintain all my teeth. Um, we have a ton of, uh, of sports to talk about, and, and we're going to do it rapid fire style. But I'd like to bring in uh, the bishop, the third uh, member of the RTU crew. The third man in, as it were. The third man in, exactly. Five for fighting. Was there ever a band named Third Man In? They opened for Five for Fighting. <laughs> because the third man in got Five for Fighting. That's right. Who was, was it, was it Game Misconduct that closed that one? Or? I think that was the festival that they played at. Right. The Game Misconduct Festival. Right. Third man in, five for fighting. Five for fighting, right. In the crease. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, uh, so uh, let's br- – there's yeah, some very good bands. So let's bring, in the, uh, let's bring in the third man. He is uh, known as Bishop, sometimes known as uh, The Bishop. It depends on how you're addressing him. Uh, and he is uh, – wow. Oh, so he just texted us we're having technical difficulties. Difficulties. It's very surprising. I feel like through the oh, so we, right. we can't be heard. Nobody hears us right now. One hundred percent cannot hear the show through the studio page. He said. One hundred percent. That's that's pretty. Uh, that's, I feel like that's that's strong. I don't know uh, what to do about that. I don't know how we would fix that. I mean, we're supposed to be going out there. I don't know. Uh, you know. I mean, we're on the air. That's what it says. I, I hear you. You hear me. Right. 
Let's see. Uh, PJ's calling from the landline. Hi, Peach. Hi. I can hear you uh, through the phone, but the show is definitely not going out over the studio. Hmm. Interesting. Well, don't know um, what that at all. Not sure what uh, what we can do about that. Did we have a lot of uh, sponsors listening tonight, or? I uh, this could have been the night. This was it. Is what you're saying? This was it. Well, that's a oh, shame. Well. And, uh, oh well. Uh, you've uh, you. You hear us, obviously, through the microphones. Obviously, you brought this show to a screeching halt um, because we're not broadcasting live. How are you? Oh, oh me? I'm great. <laughs> what, uh, what happened to your, uh, your computer there? You're on the landline. What happened? Uh, I'm having a, a technical issue that, I, that I'm just hoping doesn't foul the show. Like, I hope that we're not just talking to each other, but it's not broadcasting and not recording. You know what I mean? Right. Well, there's no way to know if it's happening. There's no way to know if it's recording or not. We have no way of knowing that right now. (laughs) We're going to broadcast two hours of silence. Yep. Hey, look, I can hear you. You can hear me. It says we're on. How are you, Peach? Let's just do this. Let's just plow through it. Let's plow through Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I'm I'm just going to treat this like a uh, a phone call. You know, with uh one <laughs> friendly guy and one one guy who's uh, unnaturally testy with me. So. Well, so who's testy? I'm not am I be, am I being testy? I think he's talking about me. Oh, wow. <laughs> Did not see that coming. <laughs> why don't you why don't you try to why don't you why don't you try to call back in on the computer, Peach? And we'll we'll talk about sports until you come back. Because that's going to be more convenient for you than holding a handset up to your head for the whole night. The are you on a payphone? Are you in a phone? Are you in a phone booth? I can I can do it any way you want. I'll wow, that's again. that's filthy. But the uh, the thing is, it's it you know it, we, people should. It, it, should be they're they're where does it go live? Don't we have a Facebook page where it goes live and you should be able to hear everything? Is that still I, work? I, I I thought so. I, well, here, Pete, you talk right. to you you talk to Cal for a second. I'll go check it out. I'll be right oh, back. I'm gonna go under the hood. Guy, to this guy. Uh, all right. Hi, PJ. <laughs> hey, how you been, buddy? Uh, I've been good. Good. Happy. I was. Yeah, celebrated a birthday. I understand. Is that is that right? I continue to age, much as uh, <laughs> much as I try. Much as you try not to. Uh, yeah, I've been distracted. I've been. Uh, I got politically motivated. Is so that the I word been... to use? Motivated. That's the word I'm going to stick to for now because I don't want right. to. I don't want to sound like an angry guy. Right. Did he say the p word? I feel like he said the p word. He said motivated. Well, he asked what I've been doing. He asked what I've been doing, and I, I can't oh, okay. really talk about um, what I've been doing without at least saying that I've been politi- politically driven. 
And also and burping, apparently. Belching. Yeah, belching right on the mic. <laughs> and eating eating a, a copious amount of foods that that give you indigestion, apparently. I have uh, some chocolates and some red wine tonight. That's what I'm going with. By the well, way, nice. breaking, breaking, breaking RTU news. We are broadcasting live. It is working. How do you know that? So I, because I muted us. I went to the page. I clicked on the player, and I heard the dulcet tones of Brian Calvi about 35 seconds after or from, from uh, delayed from what well, we were actually delay, saying. Right, that's there's sure. a delay. Okay. There's a comfortable delay. So we're, we're well, all then good, that's guys. News. We're all good. So, so let's, let's good. proceed. So you've all been right. politically uh, active, motivated, gay. What have you been doing? Driven. You can't say that. <laughs> I can't say politically Actually, gay. no, you can say that now. That's true. You're allowed to yeah. say that. <laughs> I meant happy. Everybody knows that the references I make on this show are to 1935 colloquialisms. Everybody knows that. I've been a bully. I've been a bullion. <laughs> there you go. I've I meant gay the in the clause. Bing Crosby sense. Sure. Yes. You've been breaking the ebullient clause. Yeah. Ebullient clause. The ebullient clause in the Constitution that no one seems to know about. Right. Um, PJ, we obviously we all are affected by uh, what's going on in the country and and uh, the presidency of Donald Trump and stuff. We never talk politics on this show. Everybody knows that. But nope. Um, and I won't but until I, now. But I no, <laughs> just apparently ready to unload goes full news. Steve, I want you to well, guess which one was being testy with me. <laughs> which testy was what? Which testy Who? gets the testing with me? I think Cal was being testy with you. Uh, he was. He was. Yeah, you can't be damn right I was. <laughs> Ooh. And now salty language. You knew, uh, by the way, Peach, new persona for Cal for the, uh, the new rollout of the show. This is a heel turn for season yeah, seven. Real, real salty. A lot of bad language. We're going to have to like right. beep him out all the time. Like, it's, a, it's a big time heel turn. I smoke Nobody a lot. <laughs> Morton Downey Jr. Morton Downey Jr. That's where I'm going. <laughs> I'm in. Mike, are you wearing a, a white dress shirt with the <laughs> collar open? And you're sweating like a lot. Sweating a lot. Like. Yeah. yeah. I saw a clip of that show with him and Ron Paul. It was a disaster. No way. I'm sure that doesn't look dated at all. Think about Crowd. that show, though. Can we think about Morton Downey Jr. show? Like, where we are now in the political... Uh, uh, you know, arena and what has gone on in the last year and all of it, like Trump and everything. Morton Downey yep. Jr. show is way ahead of its time. Way ahead of its time. It was anyway before this. Right. And now I'm saying, like, you put that show on during this election cycle, it's a monster. Yeah. It's a sad bellwether. Right. It gets, like, monstrous ratings, especially in the Midwest. Now I burped. What's going on over here? <laughs> we are not ready. Oh man, it's a no. really professional outfit we're running here. Um, no. Peach, uh So, but what I was going to say was, and this is uh, in all seriousness, when was the last show we did? We did a show after the election, did we not? 
1982, I think it was. <laughs> right. <laughs> the election of Ronald Reagan? But, right. It was during the Grenada. The right. You were ripping on Walter Mondale. It was right. weird. Oh, no, 82. Who did he beat in 80? He beat Jimmy Carter in 80, right? Jimmy Carter in 80. Mondale and then Mondale in 84. 532 to 2. It was, it right? was a pretty, yeah. <laughs> That's the great Dennis Miller line. He only got two more votes than me, and I didn't even run. Right. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but but uh, seriously, and before we get into the proceedings, we, we're not going to talk politics. We're never going to talk politics no. on this show because no. – and now this is like a safe haven from that where there's a lot of sports to talk about. There's a lot of stuff going on. And, and uh, so we're not going to get into that. However, you have been politically uh, inflamed, inflamed. I keep using these terrible words. His bowels. <laughs> yeah. I took, I took my policy. You've been politically chafed. It was poorly received. Um, lost a bunch of friends. Wait, you're saying a political so, Facebook page, Facebook post was poorly received? What? No. I, look, I don't know. I might, I, I, I might possess special snark abilities um, that really get under some people's skin. That is anyway, your superpower. I've been trying to, been trying to take it to uh, Twitter more and Facebook. Le- if it's on Facebook now, it's usually less pointed. Smart. And that's what I've been doing. All right. I've been producing some bad, some bad TV, some bad alternate sports media, and uh, and then politics and ignoring my family and my pets. Right. Speaking of your uh, family and pets, how is everybody? I know uh, Dan just had a birthday, right? He's twelve. Oh my god. He's and, a, uh, did, I, wife, did I? Did I? Re- wife's not home. Wife's did I, away. Whoa, whoa! Will the uh, wife mice play? Away. Wow. The mice are playing. Yeah. No? We, uh, no, the mice are playing. I said the mice are playing. Bad about which mice. means you've had chocolate and wine tonight, which is for you. <laughs> that's, that's really going to town with yourself. Absolutely. When your wife's away. So uh, I, one last thing on Dan's birthday party. A bunch of 12-year-olds, you had them over the house. It's, it sounded like craziness ensued. Did I... Did I read this correctly, that there was a hot sauce tasting competition? There was a hot sauce tasting competition. I love this. And I can't love this enough. Well, and it it resulted in puking. (laughs) Right. Of course. (laughs) And the great thing was that they, the kids, they, they did the boot and rally. They didn't let it slow them down one bit. They're, 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 they're trying this uh, hot sauce called Triple X and poisoning themselves with it. <laughs> and all of a sudden, we hear one kid go, oh, man, I puked. All right, what are we doing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Who's got a Malamar? Yeah. Good for this him. This is adult supervised, right? <laughs> what do you – well, wait a minute. What do you, what do you mean supervised? What do you mean? Well – when when a twelve year old kid is drinking something called triple X, is there, yeah. is there an adult in the vicinity of that happening? 
or adult in the vicinity. We do you were want me to, watching, do you want me to define uh, vicinity? Yeah, that wasn't yeah, a like no. a really difficult question, I feel like. I feel like that was not well, like it was upstairs, downstairs. It was very PBS. We were upstairs and the peasants were downstairs. With the we with heard, the door closed. We heard we heard noises. We we knew that no one was hurt. How? How do you know no one's hurt? <laughs> How do you know that? We, I guess we assume no one was hurt. <laughs> I have a question about the hot sauces. Did they bring the hot sauces with them for this competition? Or were these all on hand in your house? These are all on hand in my house. Of course. Right. On tap? <laughs> We have we have seven. Yeah. On tap, he just wheeled out those mini cake bar. Gentlemen, gentlemen, who's up for the hot sauce wet bar? Whoa, whoa! Do not chase that with the triple X. Do not chase that. I'll have we a burn, we burn your pants off. And uh, we didn't mean that with a uh, holy. I'm sweating on my the bridge of my nose. Let me get let me get a little bit of that though. We we didn't mean for it to become a contest, but oh yes, you did. You had sponsors. Well, (laughs) the banner was a giveaway. (laughs) The Cholula banner was a giveaway for sure. (laughs) Sponsored by Chili Lime Cholula. Speaking of which, uh, we'll get into hot sauces. I think we just found our fun load uh, for later on in the show. Let's get to sports, though, Cal. Let's do it. Let's do yeah, this. Okay. PJ, you, are you okay? I'm By the gonna, way, I'm going to try to fix. Well, you may lose me for the night, but I'm going to try to fix my computer and make this work. So Unacceptable to lose you for the night. Well, here I go. It's gone. That's it. We might as well play your music at some point. That is him playing guitar. I know. Right, but the rest of the people may may have forgotten. Oh yeah, no, that's it's, it's always good to remind everyone. It is. It's only about another second. Have we established that he was wearing a Hawaiian shirt while playing that piece? Or no? <laughs> yes, <laughs> he was right. If we haven't, we should always remind everyone. I, that, that he was I feel wearing. Like picture yeah a ridiculous hawaiian shirt not just a i have a um what i would consider it to be a a subtle hawaiian shirt from my honeymoon subtle yes what makes it subtle they're very hard i to bought be it uh, i bought it for the luau so we went to Kauai on our honeymoon right sure which uh, we were lucky enough to get there Un- unbelievable just a fantastic ridiculous trip we'll never go there again <laughs> never be able to afford it ever um, but we, we sort of lucked out. We were kind of gifted it for our, for our honeymoon. And, uh, we were on Kauai, uh, on the Island, blah, blah, blah. And you have to go to a luau. You have to do one of, you know, do that one night. Like there's a whole bunch of activities. We, we did, uh, the helicopter ride of the Island, which was incredible. We did, uh, all sorts of, everybody loves hearing about people's honeymoon stories. So, uh, <laughs> right up there with your kids and your fantasy team. So, um, but anyway, uh, we went to a luau. So you got to get a shirt 
right? You got to dress the part. And Teresa uh, looked great. She had like some kind of rap thing. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, right. and I got a, I had to get a Hawaiian shirt. So we went shopping for one. I bought a very subtle one. It's like black. It's the Hawaiian shirt feel with the buttons and the, the look. Yeah. That right. boxy look. Gentlemen. Right. Like I look like, oh, wow, you sound considerably better. Okay, so I fixed it. You did, totally. Red wine for the win. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so you just played a quick episode of Tic Tac Doe. Um, or Hollywood Squares. Take your pick. Um, and so I bought this really subtle Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, yeah. And it's like black a- and... It's all black, but it's got like one kind of palm tree and gold stitching, and it's not loud. Like, like something that Chandler would have worn on Friends. That's right. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. That's right. Yeah. Right. Could that's, I be more right? You could not be more right. That's exactly it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, yes, he was wearing a Hawaiian shirt. We play this. Hey, buddy, let's talk about sports. Sports. Yeah. Lots do, going do you, on. Should should we just run down? I feel like here's how we should do it. The Islanders uh, and the, uh, the Rangers are um, are in action and in season, so I feel like we go there first. That's just fine. Go, yeah, just go right into it because then we can talk Mets and Jets out of season afterward. There's nothing major that we need to catch up on. Is there, before we get into current events? That's a great question. We missed the Super Bowl, obviously. That we want to. Yeah, but do we really want to talk about that anymore? I don't think we do. But the Super Bowl is, I don't think we need to, other than to say, I love the debate. Here's what I liked about the Super Bowl. The only thing I liked about the Super Bowl. Because otherwise, as a right. and Patriot hater, it was terrible. But I do like this. It has sparked really good, in my estimation, sports talk about the greatest quarterback of all time. Now, these are that's one of these unquantifiable things. It's it's the to me, it's a great sports debate. Like we started this show a hundred years ago because. It was like sitting around a bar, talking with your friend, talking with your buddy about who's the, who's the best quarterback of all time. And Brady winning that Super Bowl in the fashion that he won it makes that debate, I think, fantastic. And there's, you know, obviously Francesa uh, here in New York uh, dealt with it a lot, but that was one good thing from the Super Bowl. So who's the better quarterback? Brady at five and two or Montana at four and oh. Is it is it and it's down to those two? That's no that, just, no that well that's that's been the debate, right? So right. most people have a, a Rushmore, a Mount Rushmore, right? That includes Johnny Unitas, Joe Montana, um uh probably um uh forgive me. Um Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, thank you. Goodness gracious. And Tom Brady, right, in some kind of order. But but you would never put Peyton Manning in with Joe Montana. 
You would you never couldn't. put Peyton, Peyton Manning in with Johnny Unitas. Right. And Johnny Unitas is kind of – he's like the George Washington there because you almost can't quantify him in the same generation, right? Right. Right. Like he, he didn't win any Super Bowls. Well, they had championships, but – But he won like eight championships in like 11 years or something, right? Right. Like, right. right. So you're talking Super Bowl era, who's the best of all time? And I think it comes down to now. It comes down to Brady and, and Montana. Well, then you would you would call it the best of the Super Bowl era because all time is not simply the Super Bowl era, right? But do you disqualify Unitas from being in the greatest of all time conversation? No, I don't think he's disqualified. I just think, like you said, it's hard to quantify. Right. So you have to put it in an era. You need to qualify it. Right. Or you can quantify it. <laughs> You're like Johnny Cochran now. Right? You, you got to quantify it before you quantify it. <laughs> or, or Herm Edwards, of course. You go quantify it. You quantify it. You can't quantify it. You might as well qualify it. Ah, Herm Edwards. I miss Herm. What's Herm doing? Herm's doing ESPN. He He's doing ESPN. Um, yeah, every now and then. I think he might be doing more college now, believe it or not. Yeah. Shows you how much I watch ESPN. I don't know why you I don't know why you wouldn't believe that, but I don't I don't believe it. I don't frankly I don't <laughs> believe you. It's not that shocking. <laughs> I feel shocked. Anyway, that that was something cool out of the Super Bowl for me. I guess it's I I got tired of it though. I got tired of the constant debate because it was really all that we I guess in those days after the Super Bowl, there's nothing else at all to talk about sports-wise. So that was all we heard, and I don't know. Yeah, well, well, I, I just I I like conversations like that. Like I enjoy that sure, to well, me yeah. is a is an enjoyable debate because the the idea just in its base, right? The idea of Montana undefeated, like who's or the guy who's been to seven and won five. Now you right. Everybody made the argument with Brady that he's two plays away from being three and four. That's right. He's also he's also two Eli Manning plays away from being seven and zero. Oh. It's a very good point. So, and he wasn't on the field for like what, or, or or didn't make the big play in three of those five wins. Right. Right. So it's 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 interesting. And I guess the fact that it was the first overtime Super Bowl yes. was was noteworthy. Of course. And right? it's, 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 I mean, the biggest comeback in the history of the Super Bowl was like 11 points up until that game. Right. And this shattered that. This was they what? They were down 25? 28 to 3. Yeah. In the, late in the third quarter. Yeah. With like three minutes to go in the third quarter. I know. It's pretty insane. I know. Pretty insane. It's, Are uh, they the. If you're taking a coach-player combo, this was another debate that came up that I really like. Coach-player combo. Belichick-Brady, Popovich-Duncan, or um, uh, um, you can't do Wooden because he had Walton and then he had, or he had, you know, Kareem and then he had, well, Lou Alcindor. And then he had uh, Walton and so professional ranks, 
Mm. Brady, Belichick, Popovich, Duncan. There was another one. Uh, Phil Jackson, Michael Jordan. Jackson, Michael Jordan. What about Torjita? He can't do it with baseball. Why? Because I I just don't think he can. Too much goes into it. Too many too many players. Too much goes into it. Okay, fine. You need a more individual sport, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. A more not necessarily an individual sport, but a sport where an individual can affect it more. Well, that's what's the right? What's the constant? How about that? No, I'll take that. All right. How about that? Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you could even just do Popovich. Because if you go all time, you can go to, you know. Uh, uh, oh, Red Auerbach and Bill Russell. Right. Exactly. And it have, Basketball lends itself to that a lot. It does. because, it, And that's why I think Jackson is actually out of the equation. Because he goes and wins another three with Kobe and Shaq. Right. Good point. So, Pop, Duncan, or Belichick, Brady? Who would I take? Well, well, what's more impressive, I think, is the question. I think it's – and oh, and the other thing, Cal, is it's not just championships. It, it's uh, sustained success. Right. So, Belichick and Brady have won every AFC East except one for 15 or 16 years. They've That's been to what sustained. eleven championship games, seven Super Bowls, like. And Pop and Duncan were in the like the NBA Finals, what like nine times or something like that. I don't think it was that much. No, uh, not yeah. I mean uh, the conference finals. I mean, the Western yeah, Conference maybe. Finals. And they have what three, four rings, right in there. They have at least three. Yeah. The just the sustained success is insane. It's sure. insane. I got to go Belichick and Brady, though. I think it's harder in football. All right. Let's go with that, then. <laughs> you okay with that? <laughs> you, you convinced me. Well, I just – don't you – I mean, it's impr- – you, you, would, you would be – you're not paying attention if you don't think it's impressive. Let's put wow. it that way. Okay. All right. Right. All right. If, you, if, you don't, if you don't think – that 15 years of sustained success with these two guys isn't impressive. I see what you're doing. Yep, I see what you're doing. Then you know I what you what are. You, I, I see you, Evan Roberts. I see you. Then you know what you are. <laughs> you're out of your mind. Sorry, we're making fun of Evan Roberts here in New York uh, and uh, Joe Beningo, who's a very popular radio show. We can't uh, figure out why it's popular. Okay. Nah, anyway. You know what they say. Uh, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Right. Not in this case. So um, <laughs> anyway, those are some good debates. So let's, let's get to the Islanders uh, and <clears throat> to a lesser extent, the Rangers. Hockey. <clears throat> it's hockey and time. Hockey. It's hockey season. Do you want to know what, what happened in the Islanders? I game? know. No, I know what happened, but that's oh, okay. what's going on right now is hockey. Hockey in, in New York, the Knicks are a disaster. Yes. We're out of football. Sure. And the pitchers and catchers are just starting to get they just showed up right down there. So right now we are knee-deep in the hoopla of hockey. Yes. And also, 
to personalize this because we're the most important people in the room, <laughs> as always. <clears throat> True. I, uh, for those of you who may have listened to the show in the past six or seven years, uh, you may know that Cal and I are very large Islander fans. However, an interesting phenomenon has occurred this Islander season. I continue to be completely all in on this Islander team and in hockey in general. Um, I feel like, I feel like continue isn't the right word. I feel like you have taken, you've gone to the next. I may have gone to the next level. Yeah. You, you are at a level that you've never been before when it comes to hockey overall playing, watching the just right. whole package. With the boys playing and right, boys are playing. Yeah, I mean, you are you are hockey nuts right now. Yeah, yeah, it's a hockey house, and I I never thought I'd I'd be in one of those. No, that'll change in three weeks when Wes and I both start playing baseball together. <laughs> That's right. Wow, he's quite good. He's quite the good. The kids advanced. I know we haven't done a show in a while. He's pretty good. Um, no, but uh, but you're right. You're right. I, we are we are ensconced. Uh, right, and that's great though. Hockey's a great sport. It it is. I find that um, I found over the last two or three years that I enjoy watching the Islanders on a nightly basis almost as much as the Mets. Not quite as much, but almost. That's I'm. Well, just just knowing your history of baseball, that's 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 quite a statement. Yeah, it's not the same, but I I no, I haven't missed the gap that much. Yeah, I haven't missed much Islander wise this year. Right. Um. But anyway, uh, here we are with this team. I'm I'm very emotionally invested. <laughs> very emotionally invested. My chips are my chips aren't just in the middle of the table. They are. In the middle, your of the pants table. are in the middle of the table too. That's correct. <laughs> the mortgage to my house, which I don't own, we rent. So my landlord's uh, probably not probably not happy about me putting the mortgage to the house in the middle of the table. The Millennium Falcon's in there, like everything. I'm not all a hot fan. <laughs> right. Well, he's he's from Pittsburgh. He's a Penguins fan, so he's really not. <laughs> well, that makes it worse. Um. So, I, but you uh, have abstained for the most part on this Islander team this year. For the so, most part, I'm curious as they, uh, spoiler alert, do win tonight and beat the Canadiens in uh, in Montreal uh, for the first time in 212 years, mm. um, and uh, are two games into this nine-game road uh, road trip that the Islanders have partaken on. And uh, have won the first two games of it. Um, and again, tonight, a very Im- impressive showing. Uh, uh, Thomas Grice, uh, great again in the goals. Doug Waite pushing all the right buttons. Anthony Beauvillier, which there's not, a, there's not a much more fun name to say either. No. Um, Bovi uh, gets a goal, gets them on the board in the first period. The Montreal native grew up about an hour north of Montreal, Grew up rooting for the Canadiens, playing in front of his family for the first time. 
19-year-old kid, uh, pots a goal, uh, the first goal. The Islanders win the game three to nothing. And um, are you – so I'm all in. They are at 68 points right now. They might be in sole possession of that eighth spot for the moment. Um, at the moment, in the right, right now, yeah. Right. right. They got off to a terrible start. We don't need to recap the whole season. They fired their coach, Jack Capuano, after uh, six and a half years, something you never thought they would do, I never thought they would do. Doug Wade has taken over. He's been a different voice in the room. Uh, the difference in play has been noticeable. The difference in the team's demeanor has been noticeable, something that we called for for years um, in the firing of Jack Capuano. Um, and uh, they're playing very good hockey. They're playing very confident hockey. Um, at what point, or is there a point where you buy in? Define buy-in. What are you looking right, for? So, well, we could go back in the uh, the annals. <laughs> always get in trouble with that word. <laughs> you can really, really get in trouble quickly. We go back in the uh, in the annals of the show and go back to podcasts from two years ago during the playoff series with the Capitals when we were still doing the show every week, and you were, I mean, rabid, rabid, yeah, uh, for for the Islanders. Uh, it, it, that was their last year in the Coliseum, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. I know a lot's changed since they've moved to Barclays for you. Is there an all-in for you as the team is currently? situated in Brooklyn or did that leave uh, when they, when they left Nassau? No, I could, I could get all in if they were to make a run in the playoffs. Okay. Um, I mean, this I, run is not I doing it. Not all in. No. Okay. No, I'm, I'm very toe in the water. I'm, yeah, I mean, I well, I watched. This was the first, first my the second period. I think in months. What I've been doing is I've been I, I my alerts on my phone just give me the scores. So every time somebody scores, I get I get an alert. And I've sort of bad. They were really bad earlier in the season, and you stuck with them, and I just chose to pick myself out of it. I was like, I can't, I cannot be bothered. Yeah. Dealing Pretty with early. Bad I feel like very early. It was, it was maybe like game two. <laughs> um, but I don't have an 82 game season. I feel like that's very early. Game two. <laughs> but I also didn't go into, I also didn't go into the season with very high hopes because right. I was so disappointed in the off season. Right. And you were very bullish on this team going in. I was. You were very, you were very excited about Islanders hockey this season. I was not. And when they started off poorly, that was that was enough for me to be like, I'm out. Right. Have fun. Good, good luck. Godspeed. And you stayed with it. And to your credit, you stuck through all of the garbage of the first 35 games. There was a lot. And it's, and it's rewarding you handsomely right now. I, it, you know? it is. It is, some, and then, it is somewhat rewarding. Like, it is. I just want to say about that, that's what being a fan is really all about, right? Is that you, you, you invest in a team when it's, when it's down, and when it gets good, 
and when the games mean something and they're playing well, it feels, I mean, you really get something out of that, right? Yeah. It's amazing. Absolutely. It's amazing with this team to think about how down I was on them and still watching and still following and still praying for a uh, praying strong, still hoping for a move from snow to fire Capuano because I thought it needed to be done um, just to see what would happen. <laughs> right. You know, um, and I always liked Doug Waite. You know that. We talked about Doug Waite when we had, you know, Dan Saracini on from Lighthouse Hockey, you know, two years ago. We talked about Waite taking over, and I, you know, said at the time that I liked Dougie Waite because I thought he was a little different. He hadn't come through, uh, up through the organization. He was an American player who was an all-star and, you know, is a borderline Hall of Fame player. Um and he may have had a different kind of voice and a different respect in that room. But I didn't think he was going to be doing what he's doing. I think the team is, you know, what, like 12 or 13 and 4 and 2 uh, with him or, you know, 12 and 3 and 2 or something like that. You know, they've, they've, they've made up like, you know, 25 points in the standings since he took over. Well, what they, I think we saw today, they, they were in last place in the Eastern Conference exactly one month ago. Yeah. Yeah, and in one month they they ascended to the eighth spot in the playoff right. spot. Right, and um, it's pretty and, remarkable. Yeah, and and it is rewarding. But it, what, what's amazing is it's the same team, and, right. and I was thoroughly not enjoying watching them play. I was doing it as like a dutiful kind of thing, and now that same team, I'm enjoying watching them play. Right. And they're playing better. I mean, that, that first line is a first line. The much maligned first line. I hated it. I hated it forever. Mm-hmm. You know, Anders Lee's got 23 goals. Josh Bailey's got 42 points. A new career high. I mean, Josh Bailey's going to get 50, 52, you know, 55 points maybe. That's a lot. Yeah. Tavares has got 22, 23 goals. You know, like... Tavares may even get to 30 goals. Like, you may have two 30-goal scores on that line. Well, you would hope Tavares gets to 30 goals. Yeah. But, I mean, they, you know, they, they had a play tonight with Lee's goal was just beautiful. It was just gorgeous. Beautiful pass from Bailey. So, uh, and, you know, my guy, Andrew Ladd, uh, but, and Mark Chimera, the two guys that were kind of brought in to replace Franz Nielsen and, and, and um, Franz Chimera. Jason Chimera, sorry, uh, brought in to replace the tight end. Yes. <laughs> Mark, Mark Chimera. Chimera. Right. Remember, Remember Mark him? Chimera? Wow. Good old yeah. Green Bay Packer. I may have uh, called Mark Chimera, or Jason Chimera, Mark Chimera a bunch of times this year. To his face? If he, yes. If he was wearing number 89, we'd really be in trouble. Yeah, it would be a problem. Um, right. No, but Jason Chimera uh, brought in to replace Franz Nielsen and Kyle Poso, kind of. Um. Because I think they not were hoping no, for that. Not kind of. I think that was they were brought in to replace them. They were brought in. No, they see. But that's what I think everybody missed. I don't think they were brought in to replace that entire production because I think Garth Snow thought Strom and Nelson and Lee, those three guys, were going to have better years than they had the year before. That would make up for that production along with Ladd and Chimera. Like the okay. idea was not the idea was not for Andrew Ladd to go and score 
you know, 30 goals and have 50, 60 points. It'd be great if he did, but they were replacing between Martin Oposo and Nielsen. They're replacing what, like 65 goals? Mark Chimera and Mark Chimera did it again. Jason Chimera and Andrew Ladd weren't going to get 65 goals. The idea was Strom needed to get 10 more. Nelson needed to get 10 more. You had to have the younger guys step up, but they were in essence brought in to take those minutes for sure. Right. And they're playing well and they're, they're, they're playing markedly better. I think in Ladd's case, it's a matter of injury. Um, you know, and taking, getting 10 days off in the middle of the season and stuff. And he seems to be healthy. Um, and Chimera. Yeah. No, well, let me ask you a question about them. They're playing well. And they went out on a nine-game road trip, which is unheard of. Not unheard of, but it's it's very rare. In franchise history, it's unheard of. Right. That's nine games is is essentially like a calendar month that they're That's gone. That's their longest. It's their longest road trip in history. Right. Right. Um, and they just went out and won the first two games of those nine right. games. Yeah. And they're playing better, and they are now well in contention for a playoff spot. Do you does, does that have an effect on this team? Do you think that their confidence is growing with each win? Do you see that in them that they're playing better Absolutely. the more that they win? Absolutely. And I think that was something I and thank you for bringing this up because it's something I wanted to mention about weight that I've been meaning to. That's right along those lines and that is he has said since he took over, he thinks they're a playoff team. He has said to them over and over again, you're a playoff team. When they were 12 points out of a playoff spot, you're a playoff team. He was posting the standings in the locker room mm-hmm. before a game to say, this is where we are. This is where we need to get. He doesn't shy away from it. He doesn't. Um, and I think absolutely this team right now, especially, you know, John Tavares has been in the league seven years. He's not a kid anymore. Like these guys realize the position that they've gotten themselves back into and they're in it. Yeah. It's weird, Cal. They're a young veteran team. They're young. They are young, but they're experienced because they've been in the playoffs right. three out of the last they're, four years. Right. They're a weird young veteran team. Like John Tavares is only 26, 25, 26. Anders Lee is only 24, you know, or 25. Josh, uh, Ryan Strom's what? 23. Josh Bailey is 26, and he's been around right, forever. Right, right. Josh Bailey's been on the team since 1978. He's not aging. It's crazy. Right. He was on Eddie Westfall's line when he first came <laughs> up, and he's still here. So these, I, th- I definitely think that, and I think weight has encouraged that. Right. Right. And this is where you see the value add of guys like Ladd and Chimera, who – are you know have been assistants or captains in their other dressing rooms and i think you know i think these guys you know they had that blowout loss against the leaves the leaves <laughs> and uh <laughs> my wife calls them are they playing the leaves tonight yes yes they are <laughs> the toronto maple leaves but she's like well leaves is not a word I'm like, I know. She's right. Leaves is the plural of leaves. Of leaves. 
I said, I know, babe. But they're the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't know what you want me to do. So um, they had that blowout. And the way they bounced back from that game was fantastic. They took a blowout. They had no hangover. It helped that they were playing the Rangers. Right. Um, but But it was a bump in the road. It didn't shake their confidence at all. It didn't shake Grice's confidence. He's been fine since he came back from that game. You know, they they seem to be in a very good position. Why do you think this has gone the way that it has with the coaching change? So it's the same team. You talked about yeah. it's the same team. The personnel is the same. Right? Yep, largely. They were, they were terrible in the beginning of the season. And the little bit that I was watching them, they just they didn't look motivated. They kind of looked like they were skating in circles. Um, but by all accounts, it's not like they didn't like Jack Capuano. They all love Capuano. Maybe too much. Well, but, but, that, but that's what I mean. So when they make a change like this, what is it that changes for them? Um, do, they, do, they feel, do they feel like they let Capuano down and they, they cost him a job? Do they feel like it's a little bit refreshing in the room because it's a different style, but it's not an unfamiliar face because it's Doug Wade who's been in that room. How did, what do you think caused this turnaround with them? I think it's, um, I think Andrew Ladd alluded to it the other night uh, after he scored the two goals against uh, the Rangers and he was on the NHL network and he was talking about just the basic idea of a different voice in the room as he put it, makes guys sit up straight, right? Like what? makes guys right, right. sit that, up and pay attention. Mean? What does that mean? I think, I think, it, it, I think it, it gets everybody's attention because the guy that's been there for six years is gone, and you, right? probably got him, and you probably got him fired right? with your play. And so you better sit up and pay attention and pay attention to detail and work your ass off because you're next. You know, it's, it, the players are next. You know, the, the, coach, the coach goes and then the players go. Yeah. But also, I think, I think there are definitely tactical things that he has done, and, and they're statistical. Like, you can look at them, whether it's amount of chances, amount of shots, amount of offensive ice time, amount of possession in the offensive zone, amount of um, uh, shots from the point, shots allowed from the point, their PK, the power play, like, statistically they've been a better team. There are tactical things that you can point to, but there are also small motivational things that we've heard about that seem to have had an effect, Mm -hmm. you know, like going to Nick Letty and saying, you need to be the second best player on the ice every night. Right. And Nick Letty has been on many nights, the second best player on the ice every night, you know, or maybe taking Ryan Strom aside and saying, Hey, look, I believe in you. I, you know, it's been a rough go. You're going to get the ice time. You're going to get your chance. And then benching him when he makes a bad play, like he did against the Flyers, very early on in Wade's tenure, right? Like the third game or fourth game. Mm-hmm. And holding Strom accountable and then telling him why he benched him. And then putting him back out there for the power play. And then telling the media afterward what he did. Right. The communication has been completely different. The communication has been very, very different. Also, he's stuck to the same lines, like always. Um, you know, he's had 
Lad, Chimera, and Quine together the whole time. He's not broken up that line. Although, you know, tonight he was mixing them up a little bit. He doesn't mix it. He always comes back to his base, though, Cal. He always comes back to those base four lines. Maybe for a shift or two, but he does. does, you You know what he does, which is something Cappy never did? When a guy is, first of all, he's using Tavares, Chimera, Lad, um, and um, um, Brock Nelson on the PK. Right. So those guys are going to be gassed a lot more often than they used to be. And so right. if, if, if Lad and Chimera have just been on to kill a, a, a penalty – and he's got a shift coming up, and he's got to th- he throw he'll throw Quine out there, and he'll put Quine with, you know, Strom and Nelson for a shift, right? But he but he comes back to his base, so he's giving guys a break when they're gassed, but he's 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 still coming back to those four base lines. It's been the same four lines, right? Outside of injury. The other thing he does a lot, Cal, and you you, you notice this is he double shifts Tavares. He does a lot, which. Capuano never did, never did, to get him well, matchups. Do, do you think Tavares has something to do with that? Do you think to wait about it and says, hey, listen, put me out Maybe. there twice if you have to? I think the more likely scenario to me, in my estimation, is Wait went to, to Tavares and said, I want to start double shifting you right here and there. Tavares, said, Tavares like, of course, whatever you of need course. me to I want to start double shifting you to get you better matchups. So I may throw you out there. With, your, with the number one line, then I may throw you out a line later with, with uh, Chimera and Ladd just for a shift. So, but he, he always comes back to that base four lines. Quick shifts, too. Very quick shifts. Like, if he's going to do quick that, shifts. if he's going to double shift him, it's, you know, 20, 30 seconds, he makes, you know, gets out there and right off. And he's, and he's left Tavares on the PK. So Capuano started to use, to his credit, started to use Tavares a bit on the PK, but really only take faceoffs. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Really, only take like the first face off off the draw, and then he and Kuhlman would be out there. He'd try to get a clear, and he'd go off. Tavares is staying out there now. Yeah. And taking full chips on the PK and OPS. Their PK is number one in the NHL. <laughs> you know, since uh, I think it's like since uh, Wade took over. Right. So, you know, the, these tactical changes, but there's a different vibe to the team. They just feel looser. They feel looser. They do, you know. And they're playing. They're playing a better brand of hockey. They're breaking out. The breakouts are better. They're they're playing with more speed. They're playing to their strengths. He's made a couple of mistakes as a coach for sure. A couple of timeouts he should have taken. Maybe you know at the end of a game when you have a power play and you're down a goal, take a timeout. Make get your first unit out there. Don't start a power play with your second unit with like a minute ten left down by a goal. Mm. You know, but I, I look. I love the way they're playing right now. You have to. Yeah, it's we great. said we, we said that they would we would be happy for them to get one point out of this weekend, right? Thursday at Montreal, Saturday at Columbus. They won tonight, right. three nothing. Yeah, so they're ahead of the game. They're way ahead of the game. Yeah, I th- you know they they're that classic Islanders team though from the last few years, Cal. And we won't know how it plays out it, unless they make the playoffs. But they they can beat anybody on any given night. They can. They can beat anybody yeah, in the NHL. They've proven that. 
and they can lose to anybody on any given night. They seem, they do seem to sort of play to the opponent a lot, right? They play up to the opponent. They play down to the opponent. Which was a Capuano hallmark as well. Sure. True. But the players haven't changed. No, so exactly. The players are, right, exactly. The players are still so, going to do that. So uh, just to get off the Islanders, and, and obviously we, we hope to start doing the show a bunch more um, and a bunch more frequently, but um, they're in a good position right now. And I, I want to close by asking you, not a good position, but they put themselves back in the equation. I want to ask you, when do you, watch a, when do you watch a full game? When does it happen? I went to a game. I know, but you had a ticket and you went with a buddy, like you went with Bill. Like that's I, not right. And I, I watched nobody, the game. Nobody's giving you full marks for that one. Although I will say, I, I'm surprised you didn't leave in the second period and like go no, up will, slap Bush Avenue and get a sandwich and then <laughs> go to back for the third, right? And I, then come back for the third. I did spend about six or seven minutes getting food during the third period, so I guess technically I didn't watch the whole game. Right. So you were that invested. It was a lousy game, anyway. Um, when will I watch a full game? I don't know. I could playoffs? really, honestly. If they make the playoffs. No, honestly, I've I've removed them from the equation of my life. Wow. <laughs> Look. Yikes! That's surgical. It, it's basic math. All right. Everything's an equation. Your life right. is an equation. That's right. a great way to live. That's, that's how I live. Very, very pragmatic. It's really freeing. And, you know, we're, I'm half joking about it. We're sort of joking about But that's sort of how I've approached yes. being an Islander fan. Right. I was completely emotionally invested in them two years ago. Yep. Where it was, like, devastating when they lost in that first round to Washington. Devastating. And then they left. Then they left Long Island, right? And in my, to me, they've, they might as well have gone to Quebec. <laughs> right. They left. They're not here. I mean, they're, they are a train ride away, but it's not, they're not a 10-minute car ride away anymore. So it really, it really made an impact on me where it created some distance between me and the team. Right. You know? Um and then the fact that they started the season so poorly created distance. And I just sort of took the Islanders and put them in a place where like, all right, if I get to them, I get to them, you know? Yeah. And, as, and as they're getting, as it's, the season's going on and they're playing better and the games are meaning more, I do find myself checking in on them a lot more than I did earlier in the season. Okay. All right. But, they're, but they are still in a place where I'm not going to go out of my way to record a game and watch the whole thing or anything. Like right. I'm not going to, I just, I haven't come back around to that yet. So yeah. it really, it really depends, you know, Saturday night probably will not watch the whole game. Right. You know, they're going out West. Definitely will not watch any of those full games. Right. <laughs> no chance. Right. You know, it is, but, it is mathematical. We've talked about that a million times on the show, Right. Watching these teams at our age with two kids and and a job and a wife and and all that, I it's got a family. 
I got right? now I'm older <laughs> with family. Family. I got Jake's mint chew, and uh, no, it's it's you only have a certain amount of time. I have a certain amount of time and a certain amount of energy to devote to right. my teams at this stage of my life. When now when right. when I was younger, twenty years old, I would I would be going crazy right now, and it would be the most important thing in the world to me. It's not. Can you sing that, please? What? When I was younger. Just from when I was younger on. I don't remember. I don't know what what you're looking for. It sounded very Springsteenish. It was like I, when I was younger. This would be the most important thing. I was once 20 years old. <laughs> and all I ever wanted was the Islanders. Like that? That's, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Everybody coughs after they do a Springsteen. <laughs> that is, anytime you do a, a Springsteen impression, everybody walks up. It's <laughs> tough to do. But yeah. I'm 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 there with you. I'm sort of like I'm in the sidecar with the goggles on and the and the leather hat. You're you're driving the motorcycle and I'm just, you know, I'm a, I'm along for the ride and I'm and I'm there to support you and I'm peeking in seeing what's going on. Right. Just a little kitty cat looking around the corner. Yeah, peeking around. If if it continues like this, I'm I'm sure I will start to, to really get I into see them. you, JT. I see you. <laughs> okay. Um, but, go, but going back to the, the, the finite amount of energy that I have. Sure. Let's, 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 let's math it up again. If you're looking at it like a pie chart. Right? Sure. <laughs> All right. There, I didn't know there, you were going to bring charts to the show tonight. Yeah. If you refer to exhibit A. That's a nice graphic. Who put that together, Emma? Was that that's yeah. nice? Yeah, my five, my fifth, my five-year-old. Your five-year-old. <laughs> my fifth like grader. Six years ago. You have the five-year-old. Yeah, I have the six-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have five-year-olds anymore. <laughs> oh, it's happening. No one's got a five-year-old. I mean, Nobody I'm sure does. somebody, somebody out there does. I think a lot of people have five-year-olds. There's a couple. Um, but so you take. What you know, I have a very there's a very small piece that would be the Jets right now, very small. Well, see, but what you were just I I'm, I'm, I want to get back to your pie chart, but what you were just talking about with the it's Islanders, <laughs> right? <laughs> we'll, we'll put that graphic up. Bobby can run. Can you run that again? Um, <laughs> but what you were talking about with the Islanders about checking out and just I did with the Jets like after Game Three, right? Like when right. I get to them, I'll get to them. Exactly. And That's I what, really checked out on them this season. I did. Like now, early, that, very, so very now, If you you know, when when you were twenty, would you have checked out on them? <laughs> you no, wouldn't no have, chance. right? No right. That's it. So that's what's that's what's changed. Yeah. Right? So I have a lot of energy into the Mets right now. You don't say. I do. And that's there's your segue. Coming, there's but, the segue, right? There's the joke so there's a, on the segue. There's a lot of energy going towards the Mets, and not a lot with the Islanders. And if I'm gonna, if I am going to invest more in the Islanders, I would have to take from the Mets. You have to allocate or reallocate. I have to reallocate. As right. It's, right. It's all math. You have to reallocate. You do. Right. They sure do. 
the uh, I was going to wow. ask you that was that was good. Okay, <laughs> that was going to be my segue anyway. Was, I know. Well, that's what I'm doing. At what, right. Uh, at what point do you start to borrow Look, from Mets time? We might not have done a show in four months, but <laughs> we've known each other for thirty years. So yes, this is true. Yes, this is true. It's um, old ha- old habits die hard. Speaking of the Mets, so uh, just you want to finish up one last thing no, to say? You no, I'm good. I'm good. I just, you know, this road trip is is uh, a fascinating one because they get the four days off in the middle of it, and they get to right. come home. Right. So they're they're actually truly not going to be away physically from their beds for the for the lot of it. They get to come home for four days because they'll play Columbus. Saturday, and then they'll come back to New York on Saturday night. Yeah, which is actually a pretty good deal. Right, and then they go back out. They'll uh, go to for, Dallas. Right, so they'll probably fly to Dallas on Wednesday. So um, they'll get Sunday, Monday, Tuesday in their own beds. Columbus is not even a night game. It's a 5 o'clock game. It's a 5 o'clock game, yeah. So that helps. So like, I, I bet you they go back Saturday night, Cal. Um, they might fly out Saturday night. They'll have Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, go to Dallas on Wednesday for the Thursday yeah. game. Yeah. So three nights in your own bed and, you know, and then it gets here. Then, then, then they got to go to Dallas. The next day they're in Chicago. Right. And then two days later or a day and a half later, they got to be out in Calgary. In Calgary. Yeah. Which is insane. And then that's, then there's your West coast swing, which is, that's a lot. Yeah. And you know your only your only uh, saving grace there is that Dallas is uh, beatable. Um, you know Chicago Chicago you expect to lose, and then Calgary is beatable. So you know two of those three teams are are beatable teams for them. We'll have to see. They are. I mean, I mean, they they, they definitely are. It, it it would be different if they were going out there and playing like. You know, just getting hammered with like Chicago and you know the Kings and you know something like in like four days, like teams that they just have a lot of trouble with. Right. Well, I mean, they they got Chicago, Edmonton, Vancouver. The Blues are very yeah. good this year. It's just yeah. a tough trip. Yeah. But yeah, they play well against uh, Dallas. They play well against Calgary. Uh, they do not play well against. Uh, uh, Chicago. They do not play well against the Kings. They do not play well against Vancouver for whatever reason. Right. Um, so it, it's a game at a time. I hate to be that cliche, but you know, it's, that's it's all it is. It's math. On a nine game road trip, you went into it as a fan saying, if we could somehow get 12 points out of this, you'd be ecstatic. And they've already right. got four with seven games to go. So let's do the math once again. If you can get eight points out of the next 14, out of the next 14, you got what you needed. And that's, and, and that's almost doable. Yep. It, it, one of the realms. A game, at, game at a time. Play one Saturday game at a night. time. Sure. So okay. uh, we're, we're at about, uh, we're in good shape for the, uh, for the Mets here really quickly. Cause obviously it's a long season to come and, and, um, I want to take, I know the answer to this question, but I want to hear you say it on the podcast. Uh-huh. What is your 
I want to talk about the Mets in, in this way. What is your fear factor right now? Because that's the way I measure you going into a Mets season. Mm. Do you know, understand what I mean by this? I think I do. I'm trying to figure out how you want me to quantify fear factor. Like what I'm most afraid of, what level of fear I currently possess. I so, like a number. What do you, give so the, me some more guidance here. The Mets are very rarely in our history. Um, and it shouldn't, I shouldn't say very rarely. I should say not as often consistently expected to be a good team. Right. Uh, the last few years, they have turned the ship around. Sandy Alderson's uh, plan has been realized in many ways. Two years ago, they go to the World Series. Uh, last year, they, they uh, make the wild card with all the injuries and, and uh, get to the wild card game. This year, uh, the expectations are again high. They should be a good team. They're supposed for me, to be. Right. For me personally, I am not a gloom and doom fan. I am not a woe is me Mets fan. I am concerned. <laughs> I am always a little concerned, though, about expectations being too high. And so... Right. What's your fear factor with the expectations for this team? You keep saying fear factor. I'm not understanding that piece of it. Right. So would you put yourself at a high level for uh, being afraid they won't meet expectations? A low level? What's your fear? What's factor. the number? Factor, if you will, <laughs> Joe Rogan. Of So if I had to relate it to um, being in a room with spiders right. versus walking on a tightrope. Sure. Like, is that, you know, like the show? No, just how afraid are you that they're not going to meet their expectations? They, they you know, I, I'm at like a, I'm at like a five. I'm at like a very moderate scale of one to 10. I've had years past where my fear of them not being a good team is has ruined like it. 10. Yeah, has ruined it. Has absolutely ruined yeah. it. It's been like a 10 yeah. because I'm waiting for the injury or I'm waiting for the – and it's not because I expect the injury. Let me clarify that. I don't expect right. it because it's the Mets. I'm just afraid of it because – Oh, yeah. They're going to be – if they stay healthy, they're going to be good. Right. Until here's, – here's, here's how I'll explain where I'm coming from. All right, sir. I would imagine you – I don't mean to speak for you. I would imagine you sort of feel the same way until, until one of our teams wins something, right? A world series, a championship, a a Stanley cup, what have you. (laughs) Uh, There will always be a base level of fear that something's going to go wrong. Absolutely. Base level, that, that underlying is always there. And, it's in, and, and now it's been so long since we've won something, I don't know how I would react. Right. Say the Mets were to win the World Series this year. If that were to happen, would I then go into next year? Just, you know, I don't care what happens. 
because we've got our championship. I don't know. Right. All I know is right now is I'm always fearful that something's going to happen to prevent that them from winning. Sure. No matter how, talking... no matter how high expectations are or what what they're predicted to do. Okay. Right. There's always going to be that level. Right. I have the. I I just wonder in a year where they're supposed to be good. In a year. <laughs> in a year. You know, no, but in a year where they're supposed to be good, what's your level of fear that they won't be? Like, you know, I, I have high expectations for this team. In previous years when I've had high expectations, my fear factor has been like 10. Like, I. Okay. I'm... Let me put it. Okay, let's, let's, let's look at last year. That's a good example. They're coming right. off the World Series. Everybody thinks they're going back. They think they're going back. Yep. And then they started goofing off in spring training, and immediately I was like, I don't feel good about this at all. You did not. I don't like this. Well you know, documented. Like, focus on the task at hand. And they spent an entire season sort of madly trying to catch up at the end. Right. Which made for an exciting end of the season, but it was sort of fool's gold, right, as it right. turned out. Um, this year, I get the feeling they're taking it seriously. Do you feel they're all business right now? I feel that there's a definite difference in the way they're approaching this season than they approached last season. I think that they recognize they missed an opportunity last year. All right. Now they, again, they, they had all the injuries last year too, and you can't, you can't predict for injuries. But I just, my fear factor is directly related to my perception of how serious they're taking this. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. It sounds a little silly because I, have, I would have no idea how serious they're taking it. But it's I'm not down there with them every right? day. It's, it's yeah. perception. Right. It's, it, you but, know, it's riding in on a horse, you know, and taking a different car in every day. And that's all fun and that's all great. But it didn't seem like they were taking it seriously. It's easy to point to that now because we saw the way the season turned out. Yeah, I mean, at the t- and at the time it didn't. But feel you like, but you, I, you said it at the time. You weren't. It's not like you were pissed off about it. You were just like, eh. I wish, you know. Yeah, or or maybe like do it one day. We don't need to do it like eight days in a row. Right, you but know? at the same, but at the same time, I was still looking forward to the season last year, and the one oh, of I just. Very, very clear in my mind what I would tell everybody last year was, you know, I can't wait to finally be able, like, we're going we're gonna to watch a team that's going to be good. And I'll be able to tune in. Because if you remember in 2015, they were terrible. Yes. It was just the same old Mets up until Oh, July. I remember. You remember yeah. that very clearly. So now yeah. we were heading into 2016. They were supposed to be good. They had all the pitchers were healthy at the time, except for Wheeler. And it was like, okay, at least every night it's going to be a good game. You know, you're going to, I could tune into a Mets game and it'll be a fun game to watch. And, right. And even when they were pulling their nonsense in spring training, I had that to look forward to. And then yeah. the bottom fell out of that and the yep. rest of the season wasn't so great. This year I feel the same way as I felt going into last year, but I have a little more comfort that they're taking it seriously. I feel, I feel a little differently about this team this year than I did last year. I think maybe I was enjoying it a little bit too much last year and just like, ah, you know, let them have a good time, blah, blah, blah. 
the pitches will be dominant. You remember me talking even on the show about that weekend against the Cubs and the oh you know, yeah week sure. against the Cubs and the Nats, and you'll run out Harvey and Degrom and Syndergaard and Matz yep. and Wheeler and what could go. I mean, I wasn't what could go wrong, but I was very optimistic. And I um, never, I never take that optimistic tact because I always feel like, and this, you, we could call this the 2010 Jet correlation. Right. Is that when you're there, you never know if you're ever going to get back. Yeah. The window. Right. And when, when they were there in 2015, and I remember it as clear as day in that series, I'm thinking like a lot of people were like, yeah, it's all right. They, they're going to be good for a number of years. You never right. know if they're going to get back. Yep. You never know if you and get they, back. And I think, and I think they had a little bit of that too, where they felt like, ah, oh, we'll get back next year. And they right. didn't. And that's what makes this year so important to them. Yep. It's going to be, uh, I mean, we have a ton of time to talk about baseball, but I, I am somewhat alarmed at how all in you are already. You're very all in. It's, it's rare for me to be this excited. I'm not, again, I don't optimistic is not the right word because I always feel like, the worst could happen and I'm worried right. about it, but I'm, I'm, I have a high level of anticipation. Like Heinz, baby. Like Heinz, higher than Hines I've had ketchup, baby. in recent memory. This early. I, um, I was just about to sing anticipation. Remember that commercial? Who, who, who sang that song? Carly Simon. Right. Know, maybe. Is it really? Carly Simon. Yeah. Uh, nice for me. Yeah, good I th- that was just I just threw that out. I didn't even think about it. Just threw it out there. Um, Lily Simon. Is it not r- miraculous the commercials that we remember? Like, is that not like that's a the whole testament? That, that was what the they were trying to do. People, I think this is one of the reasons I like Mad Men so much because there's like a subconscious appreciation for how brilliant ad people are that they could come up with something that is indelible and like still stuck in my mind 35 years later. Yep. I mean, that's, that's, that's insane. That's crazy. Well, does, does a lot of that have to do with it happening during your formative years where it stays with you as you grow? I don't know. I would think that, I would think it does. No, I would, I would think it does because I think that, I have a greater recollection for the Anticipation Heinz commercial from when I was 12 than I do for some commercial when I was like 25. Right. Although I find radio commercials today tend yes. to stick with me. Oh, we've, we've talked about it. <laughs> right? The WFAN commercials that? are, yeah. Radio, radio, radio community bank. Bank. <laughs> Yes, New York Community Bank commercial on WFAN, which I sing at the top of my lungs every time it's on. Uh, uh, great if I'm alone in the car. If the boys are in the car, I don't do it because they'll be like, "What the the old man's losing it? What are you yeah. doing?" Yeah. And I turn the end into Axl Rose and Guns N' Roses. Don't know why. Of course you do. Don't know why. Um, yeah, I find that radio commercials uh, do stick. Interesting. But TV commercials, like right now, I, I, if, I would not be able to identify a TV commercial that quickly as right. I would a TV commercial from 35 years ago. Right. 
No, totally. Totally. It's got to be a formative years thing. Um, I think that uh, I want to bring this back when we bring PJ back in a sec, but I think that it's a good thing that I am so all in on the Islanders. Otherwise, like if the Islanders had never made this playoff push. Right. I would be unhealthy with the Mets right now. I, I really would. I really this is this Islander playoff push is a good thing, like in so many ways. Yeah, it's saving me from really being over over messing. Yeah, it really is. Um, so, you know what? Before 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 you move on, I'm gonna give you an assignment yeah. for for, uh, for next week or for the next time. Let we me do take the show. out. Let me take out my notepad. And my pencil, and put on my notebook. (laughs) Yes, Uh, I am ready. Teach. All right, this is for next week. Hey, again, whenever ready. Whenever the (laughs) we won't have the level of disrespect class. Thank you, (laughs) Mr. Cotter. (laughs) I'm ready. The um uh up and. And his Rob Manford, Manford man's uh, man. merry band of destroying baseball. Yes, right. Um, he seems he seems to be intent on changing the game. I want you to think about this for the next week. All right, all the time, or yeah, all the time. All right. Okay. There's very all there's right. very little opportunity other than to think of something else. <laughs> right. All right. And I want to talk to you, because I, I, I don't want to get into it now, because I want to move on to PJ, but next week I want to talk about what he's trying to do to the game, right. and your thoughts, and how you feel about it. Yeah. I'm, very cur- I'm very curious to get your opinion. I am not going to talk about it all week, either. I'm not going to ask you about it in a chat. Okay. Okay. Because I, I want to hear what you have to say next week. All right. But, but... I want 10-second teaser right now on your thoughts. Oh, boy. And the clock starts now. The game of baseball has been around for a long time. Will it change in 2017? Rob Manfred wants it to. Do I? We're going to find out next week. That was 10 seconds. Just got it. Just got it in. That was good. All right. So yeah, can we do that next week? I really. That was improv, by the way. I was. It was. That was impressive. I was right off the dome, my man. You've taken, you've taken classes, haven't you? Taking a class or two. Yeah. Yeah, that's obvious. I studied with uh, Del Close. Who? I never studied with uh, Del Close. Glenn Close. Glenn Close. I studied with. Yes. She is terrible at improv. What, or was it just a guy named Glenn Close? <laughs> With one N. Right. It, it was Glenn Allen Hill I actually studied um, improv with. <laughs> Weird. You know, former Chicago Cub Glenn Allen Hill. Sure. Um, is really, well, he was at Second City for a while. and uh, He's hysterical, too. He's very funny. He's very, yeah. very funny. Glenn Sather, I also studied uh, improv with. Sure. And uh, and Glenn Campbell. 
May he rest in peace. He was never that funny. No. Very, very uh, dedicated to, like, a lot of improvs about, like, trucks and, like, uh, America and cowboys. Dark observational humor is what he specialized in. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Right? Yes. Uh, so, uh, and also Glenn Healy studied improv with, uh, uh, former Islander and Ranger goalie, Glenn Healy. Glenn Healy and, used to uh, do props. <laughs> Glenn Healy was a prop comic for a long time. Yeah. Not, uh, very funny. Very temperamental. <laughs> Actually took a stick to my ankles once during an improv. Well, well I didn't yes end. I mean, it's probably my fault. You learned um, a lot from him. So next week, I let's did. talk about it. it was, it's really um, yes. fascinating to me what's going on because I have a lot of thoughts on it, and I want to talk to you about it next week. Absolutely. No, I would love to do a segment on that because um, this intentional walk thing is just the start, I feel like, and I, I totally agree with you about Manfred. Yeah. Uh, so I will, uh, I will think about that nonstop. Thank um, you. <laughs> uh, I do uh, want to talk about the Jets, uh, ne- but we, we can do that next week. Uh, we got plenty of time. Uh, oh, but I oh, will go – Yes. Sort of a big thing that's happened. Um, I thought they were going to... It, it, it is. It's a sad thing that happened. Out of character? Sad in, the, sad in the sense that it seems... out of. We don't know the guy. It seems out of character for him his whole career. You know, right. he's been around for 10 years. I know he comes... Uh, came from a very difficult, you know, tough part of Pittsburgh and stuff like that. But it seems out of character for him. Um, I think it's going to be one of those deals where we'll never really know the story in truth unless the video emerges. Um, There's always video these days. Yeah, but it, but it sounded like the video was the problem in the first place. It sounded like that these guys were taping him and he didn't want to be taped and he confronted right. them about it and and it got physical. It's unfortunate. It's, a, it's an unfortunate likely end to his Jets career. Um and, you know, I, I think that, look, I, I have, it's odd. I'm more into the Jets offseason than I was into their season. That's not odd. Considering the season they had, I can understand well, that. And because I hated the season coming into it because of Fitzpatrick. Like, I just hated the season coming into it. Right. So I was set up for failure with this team this year. And now he's gone. And, like, I'm more... Not optimistic, but I'm more like interested in what they're going to do now, right? Um, because I think there is there are they have the number six pick, which we'll talk a ton about. They have moves that they can make. They, I, I they're a much more interesting team to me than they were after game two last year. Yeah, um, this past season. But I I think they need to cut Revis. I think they need to cut you know or, or trade Brandon Marshall. I think they need to cut Mangold. I think you know there's there's forty million dollars of cap room. They they cut Nick Folk today, which is a good move. Mm-hmm. Um, there's forty million dollars of cap room they need to free up. And they need um, a quarterback. And they need, and they need to go get a bridge quarterback. Um, and we can maybe talk next week about how I think it should be Tony Romo. Um, and I have my reasons. Um, but we'll, we'll get into that next week. Let, let's bring in the bishop here for a second. Okay. And uh, I have several things to say. Very good. It's time for the fun load. Don't play the music. Okay, I won't play the music. Come on. Gosh. I'm trying to eat a quesadilla. Gosh. Glenn Campbell, uh, the, not dead. 
Napoleon Dynamite references are really, really topical, by the way. <laughs> um, Glenn Campbell, not dead? Not dead. Not, not dead. My apologies the, to, the, to the Campbell estate. Not in the public eye? No estate, he's not dead. No, sorry. But, My apologies to him in person. He'd appreciate it. Like a rhinestone cowboy. The first Hey you over there. Right. Sorry I called you dead. Rhinestone Cowboy. What a great song. First song I ever learned the words to. Oh great me movie too. too. I was like a six year old walking around singing like a rhinestone cowboy. Like, like six year old on too. the road with the people in the rodeo. <laughs> You absolutely had a denim shirt on too, didn't you? Absolutely, right? Totally. My my dad, my dad, the Brooklyn, New York City cop, loved country music inexplicably. Unbelievable. Well, that was the time. Yeah, that that's when the city boys started wearing the cowboy hats and and, yep. and the boots. Yeah, it was odd. Ur- urban cowboy. Well, I think they were. It, it was a. It was you know. And dis- disco era and the punk era were driving. Uh, the square is crazy, and they needed to do something. And they, That's they right. grabbed they grabbed country music, and they went country. That's absolutely right. Getting calls and letters from people I don't even know. <laughs> and offers coming over. Okay, the phone. all right. Like a rhinestone cowboy. Once it's in your head. I don't know why I turn it into Eddie Vedder. I probably did as a six-year-old. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Stone cowboy. You know if Eddie Vedder loves Neil Young as much as he says he does, that Eddie Vedder listens to Glenn Campbell too. Oh, no, there's no doubt. Right. Absolutely. Why, there's no why doubt. Would we have, why would we have any reason to doubt how much he loves Neil Young? Because <laughs> this Speaking of things, there's no reason to doubt. Did he did he say something? I'm just saying if that's your jumping off point. Right. Yeah. He, he said something about Neil Young. Did he say something? Did he tell you did he tell you something? <laughs> oh my god, is it going on between him and Neil? Is it over? Oh my god. Can you imagine that there's some sort of, you know, backstage tape somewhere where Eddie Vedder's like you know, I was just being nice. I, I didn't know he was coming on tour with us. <laughs> you know, it's, it's sort of weird. I didn't really love Neil. You guys. Next thing I know, uh, he's on the bus. <laughs> made a made a big deal out of me liking Neil, but I didn't. This is called elderly woman behind the counter in a small town. <laughs> Eddie, I don't think you should be saying that on stage. I told I him I liked Jay. him after his show. Right. <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny because I, I told Neil <laughs> that I really liked Harvest Moon, <laughs> and then he plugged in his guitar. This is called indifference. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Jay Moore bit. That's a great. Originally, the uh, the Pono player was called the Vetter, but he had to call him off. Right. Neil, please, it's too much. Neil, it's too much, dude. The, the, the Pono player is called the Vetter. 
I made this for you, Eddie. <laughs> That's uh, really great, Neil. You know, I'm not sure why we. Uh, it's a triangle. I know you like triangles. Have a music why are you wearing my cup hat? <laughs> <laughs> it's flattering to have a high definition music player played out, named after me. <laughs> Creepy stalker, Neil Young. <laughs> This is called Worldwide Suicide. I like how this is all between songs. You know, it's like a therapy session. Right. right. One night in Kansas City, Eddie Vedder just laid it all bare on stage. No, I think he actually... He told the whole Neil Young story. I think he actually... I think he actually says that to his therapist. Like that's his therapy session. Sounds like he's on stage. Oh, okay, <laughs> his therapist okay. is like, "Are you gonna play a song right now?" <laughs> you know, it's funny because Neil uh, was such a good friend. This is called even <laughs> <Steven laughs> Um, Eddie, you have uh, about twenty-five minutes left. Do you want to talk about your mom, or are we gonna still talk about Neil? Whole <laughs> time. All Neil, you know, all the time. <laughs> all Neil, all the time. So, um, all right. So that's point A. Glenn Campbell's still alive. What else you got? Uh, point B. You mentioned Joe Rogan. Yeah. He's alive. I know that for a fact. <laughs> briefly, briefly, with the Fear Factor reference. Did you see his uh, stand-up special, Triggered? No, I heard about it. Any good? Super funny. Really? Super funny. Did he talk about pot for the whole time? <laughs> that was my that was my best Joe Rogan, by the way. That's pretty. You know what? It was. Like it's pretty good. It really wasn't that bad. That wasn't your best Joe Rogan. That <laughs> <laughs> was. I felt that was. That's fair. You really put a, not a lot of effort into that one. <laughs> you know what? I I kind of agree I with Cal. Did. I, no, I, I feel like there's did. a really good I, Joe Rogan lurking inside you. That's kind of your wheelhouse I put a lot of effort into it Because I actually thought about doing it When I first brought it up With Fear Factor And I decided (laughs) against it Because I have not put enough effort into it And it's been uh, Sitting in my head I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson And and we're on Celebrity Fear Factor And you talk me into eating the goat's testicles Go ahead Come on, Neil. These are going to be great. I don't know. I can't do it now. I'm thinking about it too much. It's all gone. No, it's he talks gone. about uh, largely about millennials, um, Scientology. A lot oh, I of, like it already. A lot of very modern, very topical things. And he's just, I forgot that he was um, a formidable stand-up. Because you listen okay. to the podcast That's and he, you know. He does these four-hour marathon podcasts where he's stream of consciousness, talking about peyote. You know, it's like let's 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 talk about uh, you know different other uh, mind-opening drugs and right. They're great. This, not the drugs, is, the podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for qualifying. Right. So this was like a centered, genuine stand-up show where he's just he's 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 in the art form, doing the work. Yeah, yeah, real good. And also, 
it's my own prejudice. You know, once he started working out and looking all big, right? I, you know, I kind of wrote a, wrote him off as a comedian. I don't know why you can't do two things, but in my Piscopo head, syndrome. Maybe. So you it's never Piscopo liked Carrot Top either, right? I, I was I was uh, weirded out when Carrot Top turned out to be this buff. <laughs> I think we all were. Dude. It did. It did change everything, didn't it? What are you going for there? Piscopo Piscopo syndrome, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Our next governor of New Jersey. What? Who? Carrot Top? <laughs> no, Piscopo. He could win. He totally could win. Yeah. Very down he to earth. Said he was considering running. All right. All right. Okay. I believe you. Will he do the Sinatra impression when he's at the debates? Because I'd vote for him. You got me there. Um, I'll I'll take anybody. He should make Eddie Murphy lieutenant governor. That would probably (laughs) help his his chances. Um, All right, number three. So Joe Rogan was number two. Right. Number three, um, I feel like Cal has done this before where he's got the one team that he's only dipping a toe with and he's not sure if he's going to let them pull it in. I think there's one team per year that he does this with. That's right. <laughs> it's very perceptive. It's either the Jets or the Islanders or the Mets. Like you're never, you're never all in on all three, and I'm wondering if that might be psychological. It's, it's, no, it's physical, actually. I just don't have the energy to do it. <laughs> it's, it's literally draining you. It is. Oh man! It, but you, you, you actually—we did this with the Mets a couple of years ago, where you were just tip, dipping the toe and stuff. Like you, you, you almost emotionally can't go all the way there sometimes. No, because I know what happens when I do. Right. And it's not pretty. <laughs> it's bad. It's really, it's really bad, and it's, it's, it's borderline embarrassing. Like I'm ashamed of myself when I allow myself to get to that point, right? To get that that invested and that depressed in in the outcome. He does do this yeah, well, once a year. Yeah, like well, I mean, when they <laughs> lost when they lost that one game playoff last year, it was complete. Right. It was we talked about it. it was fool's gold. It was completely irrational for me to just like be depressed for a week. Right. Stupid. Why would who does that? <laughs> So I try, not to, I, try not to, I try not to allow myself to get to that point. Yeah, you the may heart, have the found... The what it wants. You may have found uh, a healthier path for the sports fan. This is kind of like a, a, a Weight Watchers or a Richard Simmons deal-a-meal type of thing. You I did get this from Oprah. So. You, don't take, you don't take your three teams. You don't. A deal-a-meal. You don't consume your three teams. You pick your two, and then with one, you dip your toe. Right. And if that one's drawing you in, then you pull back on the other one. On the other team. You don't go all in. Yeah. Well, look, maybe that's the way to go about it. I I am here to tell you, I can't do it. (laughs) Remember when Richard Simmons joined up with Pearl Jam for that tour? (laughs) Hey! (laughs) Eddie Vedder was very uncomfortable. I wanted to lose a few pounds, and I just... I, were, I already had the shorts. 
I heard these crazy short shorts that Andy Wood had given me. And I just so I just decided Richard Simmons would be perfect. <laughs> okay, Eddie. <laughs> but it's it's a disaster. <laughs> this is called Ocean. <laughs> Every time I need to come up with like a long Pearl Jam title, I blank. Damn it! You come up with elderly woman behind the counter, and but that's the that's the that's the the, the go to. That's the big right. One. What's a long? Ver- There's not many long Pearl Jam songs titles. Right. He has right? often described that as this is the longest title in the Pearl Jam catalog. Elderly woman behind the counter in a small town. I don't know where the where the Eddie Vedder impression went there, but it's all this is just me terribly ripping off Jay Moore, who has done this for years on Opie and Anthony and and on his own podcast and stuff. But it's a funny bit because Eddie Vedder does do that. He kind of you it's know, true. Yes, he postulizes. No, what am I looking for? Postulizes. Postulizes. You know, he sort of postulizes. Um. All right, uh, Peach, I have one. Are you still there? Oh, we lost PJ. We lost PJ. Wait, How in the did middle we of PJ? this day? In the middle oh. of everything? Oh. I see what's happening here. What happened to PJ? Let's, I let's think find Rich, out. Richard Simmons oh, pushed him is. off. Oh, he's back. All right, he's coming back. Okay, what yeah. happened? Okay, hey. what happened? Okay. As good as that routine was, uh, my internet dropped completely. That's probably what it was. It was probably the bit was so good. Yeah. That was fantastic. Yeah, a bit. So did you did you happen to hear what I just sang there, Cal? No. I see what's happening, yeah. We're face to face with greatness and it shows. It's strange. <laughs> You don't even know. It's adorable. <laughs> no, it's a lot. The hair, the bod. <laughs> what can I say? Okay, you're welcome. Right. You're yeah. welcome from Moana, right? Yeah, no, sure. So the, the, the boys haven't seen the movie. <laughs> right? I, couldn't, I could not wait to tell you about this today. Couldn't wait. Because it occurred to me. So Wesley loves that song because it's uh, they haven't seen the movie, but they love the music from it, and it's all Lin Manuel Miranda. It's all so a lot of it sounds like Hamilton, right? So like Wesley even picked it out like when he was listening to "You're Welcome" and it gets into the rap part of it, he's like, "Oh, that sounds like Hamilton." Like he put it together that Lin Manuel Miranda was the common thread there. So he loves the song "You're Welcome," and so this case. So I'll, I'll I'll be playing it for them in the morning when we're getting ready for school or whatever, and I'm and I'm singing along with it, and I <laughs> I can't understand why I'm singing it this certain way. Like, uh, you know, it's a lot to hear the bard when you're staring at a demigod, and I'm singing it like Will Ferrell doing Bob Goulet, and it works <laughs> it works so perfectly as Bob Goulet. What can I say? Okay, you're welcome, Goulet. It just it works so perfectly for that. 
It really does. So now I can't <laughs> stop singing it that way. I know it's a lot. <laughs> it's adorable. Nice. Do the kids like it? That do they like that version of it? Yes, but Wesley keeps. Yeah. <laughs> Wesley keeps. Wesley keeps saying, "Like, why? That, what are you? What are you doing?" Because he doesn't understand the Bob Will Ferrell doing Bob Goulet reference. He doesn't get that yet. No. Goulet. Goulet. I know it's a lot. The hair, the bod. Goulet. <laughs> <laughs> Television. Uh, Netflix. Yes. Sure. Cal asked me what I was doing before. I forgot to mention. I'm watching a lot of Netflix. Oh, sure. that's good. Lovelace. Lovelace, the Linda Lovelace story. That sounds filthy. That's a big no. Okay. <laughs> Controversy. Haters back off. Do your daughters, uh, Cal, know about haters back off? No, not yet. Okay, with Miranda Sings? No. Oh, God, I hope they never learn about that. Oh, <laughs> let me tell you something. She, she's got something. Yeah. It's. I know how terribly annoying she is. I know because you obviously have seen at least one of her videos. If that was your reaction. Yeah, I know. I know exactly about Miranda Sings. Steve, you don't know about her, right? No. She's Goulet. a woman. She's a woman who plays like a high school age girl who's totally not self-aware and thinks she's a great singer. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, the woman herself can sing really well, um, but she does yeah, all a- these songs where she sings really off key, um, and she's mm-hmm. got her own show, which is, uh, you mentioned Napoleon Dynamite. It's got, it's got a, a vibe of Napoleon Dynamite to it. Okay. Um, about a totally unself-aware person and her loser family. Um, and, you know, just, just a 10-episode slice of life, you know, dopey sitcom type thing. Um, but she's got – there is something there. There's, I don't know if she's going to have to get away from the Miranda Sings character, but whoever this lady is, she can do it. You know what I mean? She's – I'm not going to call her the real deal, but there's something there. <laughs> Please right. don't. Well, I guess I've never really delved into Miranda Sings to see if there really was anything there. Because you wouldn't think to. But I trust your judgment. She can, how about this? She can almost do good comedy. Okay. It's not, it's not, she's not nailing it. But I mean, you know, she she was good enough. Uh, uh, Jerry Seinfeld put her on um, Comedians in Cars. Really? And she, oh, yeah, and, wow. she, and she did it in character. Okay. I think she was the only guest to do it in character. Interesting. Will you pass that along to the girls, Cal? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna ride the 
uh, Girl Meets World as far as I can. That's a little, it's annoying, but it seems a little harmless. So, Right. I find it very annoying. How about, uh, what is it, Henry Danger? Harvey Danger? Henry Danger? Henry Danger. Henry Danger, do you have to sit through that? Yeah, I sit through that a lot. I sit through a lot of um, Living Maddie. That's a Ooh. big one. Ow. Oh. Casey Undercover is a huge one over here. See, I thought I'd be free of all this stuff, but my daughter has just regressed. She had, well, has she regressed or are girls that age still into it? No, well, she, she, she likes um, police procedurals. She watches those with her mom. Well, that's good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She'll sit down and she'll watch elementary and blacklist and all these things, uh, which is fine. And then she has this other, like when she wants to, I guess, watch some mindless TV, she goes yeah. like really mindless. Like, it's right, like a, brain- ju- a, a juvenile palate cleanser for the 15 yes. year old. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess I, you know, I used to leave the Brady Bunch on whenever I was doing homework. I guess that's sort of the same thing. And, that's, and that yeah. is what they do. They, they just, they have it on in the background and they do other things. That's right. Mm-hmm. What about Santa yeah. Clarita Diet? Anybody watching that one yet? I checked in on it. You did. I did. Did it grab you? It it was it, it intrigued me, and I didn't get to finish it. Mm-hmm. But I I feel like I will go back and finish it. Is Netflix more of your go to uh, destination for viewing, or do you find yourself on network TV? No, more. it would be Netflix at this point. Mm-hmm. Yep. If I'm going to watch anything, if I'm going to binge something, I'll go to Netflix. This is, I don't, uh, this is what I'm hearing. Or Hulu. I actually, I have Hulu also. Ah, Hulu. What? No, now you're good? Now, now you're, now you're, no, Hulu's great. <laughs> wow. You couldn't even put it together it. to call him something there. Now you're, 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 you're just the, you I just racist. don't do you <laughs> Has anybody watched Sneaky Pete? On Amazon? No, how is that? I'm hearing good things. You haven't seen it yet, okay. I haven't seen it yet, but I like the Giovanni Ribisi. I like the Brian Cranston. I'm hearing good things. PJ, have you seen the new One Day at a Time? The remake. Oh, we might have lost him. What a terrible oh. time to lose him. Did you know that there's a remake? <laughs> yes, one I did. Day at a time <laughs> yes, the I Hispanic did. family. Yes, that's correct. Okay. And the Schneider. Um, there is a Schneider. Yes. I have not uh, watched it. Have you watched it? I watched a couple of episodes just because I was curious. Yeah, you had to watch. You had to see something. Whoa. <laughs> this, this is not your Whoa, mother's doctor. day at a time. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Bonnie Franklin, if she's dead, is rolling over in her grave. But if she's alive... She might get into a grave and roll over in it a few times. Just, just, that, just no. She, she is sadly passed. But yeah. um, Rita Moreno plays the uh, what now? Sass, the sassy grandmother, the abuelita. What? Rita Moreno. I've had it. Rita Moreno. What? Uh, P- phone, boys. PJ, have you watched the new? Uh... <laughs> the new one day at a time. The new one day at a time, Peach. 
Or uno, uno dia. <laughs> El tiempo? El tiempo. <laughs> wait, that's not a joke? Oh, no. wait. No, you're on Netflix all the time, and you haven't seen the, re- I want the it remake right of I'm on it right, right now. It's not, I've been watching it all it. night. Listen to you idiots talk about sports. The the algorithm is not showing that to me. I swear to God, I I had no idea. If you do a search for one day at a time, there are ten episodes. This is it. This is life. What? What? Gloria Estefan sings the song now. (laughs) This is all real things that I'm saying. By the way, (laughs) these are these are all real things. That are really happening. This is I, it. This I demand you it. search for it and and watch ten minutes of one episode. Oh yeah, I see it right now. It's uh oh, that's the lady from Six Feet Under, and there's Rita Moreno. That's got to be a wig on Moreno, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a wig. <laughs> that's a, I mean, why 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 even, why the, do that to her? She's the grandmother. She, Abuelita. She bald. I don't think she's ba- a bald grandmother. No, she's just <laughs> she's definitely who's, uh, got who's a sharp Schneider. Who's playing Schneider? I don't know who it is, who the actor is, but he looks like he's from Williamsburg. Right. <laughs> he comes That's in on a Schwinn. Schneider. Schneider is now a hipster. Right, with Schneider artisanal bread and. Uh... <laughs> He's got hey, what, what do they call it when when you win? He's an got Oscar a pack of uh, American and, spirits rolled up in his sleeve now. <laughs> PJ, what did you say? <laughs> what do they call it when when you win the Oscar and the Tony and the and the and the Emmy EGOT. and the Grammy and the the EGOT. EGOT? Yep. Isn't Rita Moreno an EGOT? Isn't I believe Rita Moreno has an EGOT. Yes. She's got to be. Yes. I think uh, I think Lin Manuel may get there, uh, get halfway there this year, with sure. um, the soundtrack to Moana. So he'll probably get the Oscar. He's got the Tony. Did he win and a I, Grammy? And I think they won a Grammy for the Hamilton soundtrack. So I okay. think he's I think he's three quarters of the way there. Good. I yeah, see what's songs. happening here, Goulet. It's nice to know that humans never change. I know it's a lot. The hair, the bod. Goulet. (laughs) What do you think about The Rock's performance there? I thought it was great. I think it's fantastic. I really do. I I, I am so impressed. Really well made. Yeah. I'm like ridiculously impressed with Dwayne Johnson. Like just hammering out that song, getting the rap part of it and stuff. Like. Obviously, I, I haven't seen the movie, but the vocal performance in the song sounds like it belongs perfectly in the movie. Like, I, I, I'm, constantly, I'm constantly impressed with that guy. I really am. I'm, I'm not you very now. to Moana yet? We haven't uh, gone movie. to see Moana. I know. We tried to go see it a bunch of times, and we, we, haven't, uh, we haven't made it. We were sick for most of January and yeah. a good deal of February. That's most of America. Yep. The hair, the bod. Sorry, I can't, can't stop. Can't help yourself. It's adorable. Goulet. Um, we should probably wrap soon because uh, we should probably wrap. 
Yeah, because we're no longer eating food. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about hot sauces next week. I also have a – let's do a teaser here too. So a buddy of mine gave me a great idea, one of the guys I work with. Oh, and I Ryan Adams. Like a, we got to talk about Ryan Adams. And we got to talk about Ryan Adams and your 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 attempts to like him. Um, <laughs> I uh, I made like a Top Gun reference or something, and and he he made it back or whatever. Like he he totally got it he around our age, maybe a year younger than us. And um, he said something that struck me. It was like, uh, I wish I could have a actor do over in that movie. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? He's like, yeah, I would replace Tom Cruise. And I was like, oh, I smell what a game movie? here in Top Gun. Like he loves Top Gun, but he hates Top Cru- Tom Cruise in Top Gun. Now he would replace him with a contemporary of the time? That became the game that we decided to play. So, Ooh, I like this. Oh, he wouldn't yeah. replace him with himself. But no, 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 no. This not is not, an, act, this is not an actor friend. Yeah, no, no, no. This I'm is not, not an actor, actor either, but I can see myself in lots of movies. <laughs> <laughs> not Top Gun, though, I feel like. I didn't know. I don't know if anybody's that's buying a, you as a Navy a fighter pilot. <laughs> <laughs> I could be Porkins in Star Wars. <laughs> yes, you could. You absolutely could. And you should have been. Oh, by the uh, way, by the way. So we, I'd like to we, play that game next week. Did we ever talk Rogue One? We did never talk. We we did never no. talk. We never we never done did talk Rogue One. Can I can I just give a shout out to the last ten minutes of Rogue One? It was fantastic. I was out of my seat. Well, I have the. We'll have to do this next week because I have the great Rogue One story. That oh. has never has, It was really, really pretty fantastic Is Rita Moreno so, in it? Rita Moreno's in it Schneider's in it Neil Young was in the back <laughs> This is the story about Going to see Rogue One <laughs> <laughs> This is called Love Boat Captain Rogue One oh. uh, Alright, let's wrap it up uh, we, will, uh, we will be back uh, next week what does everybody think of that? Yeah, I think that can work. It'll be March already. Wow. Will the Soundhound be here next week? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Wow. Talk about killing the uh, <laughs> killing the big build up there. Jeez, I said it. I put it on a tee for you. Christmas trees. That's that's not right. I love to let air out of a balloon. <laughs> <laughs> PJ, final unload. Ryan Adams. Let me get teased for next week. What is it? I, I have come across a form of American music I may not understand. <laughs> but uh, once again... Uh, a new a new friend and possibly the first friend I've ever made in New Jersey um, has convinced me to go back to that's a sad story don't you know that um, no but I I can't wait to hear it next week uh, next yes, week's gonna be a long show I have <laughs> be a no big show. in New Jersey 
uh, has convinced me to go back to uh, Wilco. So I'm going to be spending the week uh, going through a Ryan Adams playlist and, and uh, a series of Wilco albums. Really, Man. at this point, just as research for the for the show. Right. Make sure you stock up on the antidepressants. Gee whiz. Make sure you make sure you remind yourself to get out of bed. Like just at all. Like Jeff Tweedy will have you in bed for a week. Just thinking about like, man, I was, I was gonna get out of bed. Maybe I'll just get out to get a cup of coffee for like five minutes. Then I'm getting right get back in. Then I'm getting right back in and playing a cassette tape. They both like to sing about the cigarettes, I'll tell you that. They sure do. You might have to just start smoking. <laughs> just, just taking <laughs> the music. Nasty habit gets started. Never right? smoked in my life, and I'm I'm down a pack of Pall Malls <laughs> halfway through this Brian Adams album. <laughs> Give me a pack of Wilco Reds, please. Right, Cal. Final unload. <laughs> oh, my final unload. We didn't talk about the Oscars this week, which are coming up this weekend. They didn't happen uh, yet, Cal. Well, because we didn't oh, talk about what was going to happen. So next week we'll talk Oscar. about it. I'm going to ask you guys. PJ, who, what's going to win Best Picture? Uh, La La Land. No, wait. Steve? Moonlight. Okay. Moonlight. Steve? Picket Fences. Ooh. What? I'm going I'm going to go with La La Land. Yeah, that's not a movie. I, it's, I just made one up. That's a David Garrett. <laughs> Show? Yeah, that was yeah, the Tom Scott, the Tom Scarrett, David E. Kelly show. Yes, right with Sally Field and uh, Christina Sally Pickles. Field I think was in that. Correct. Did you mean? <clears throat> did you mean Fences? The 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 Denzel take on Fences? No, I I, I think La La Land will uh, will, will <laughs> do it because Fences. L.A. I meant Picket Fences. I met Tom Scarrett. Film adaptation of the TV show. Right. It's Top Gun. It's like a callback to Top Gun that we were just talking about. But how will it's it do Tom against Scarrett. the film adaptation of Men in Trees with Anne Hache? <laughs> that's that's going to be tough. Oscar's a fickle gal. So. Steve, uh, final unload. Final unload. Kurt Cobain turns 50 years old today, had he been alive. Oh. And, and uh, I can't imagine. He's only seven years older than me. And we were saying this today. Like, it doesn't make me feel old. It makes me feel like, why did I think he was so old? <laughs> like, he felt so much older than me. He was only seven years older than me. So, uh, anyway, happy 50th birthday, Kurt. Um, that's how I feel about anybody who's successful. They must be much older than me. Yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. He was like eight minutes older than me. So anyway, that doesn't make me feel old. That just makes me feel like, man, should have stuck around, you idiot. Okay, um, that is all the time we have. We will see you next week for Brian Covey and PJ Kachopam. See San Pedro. Good night. That was nice. Ghoulie. Didn't hide a hole in a star-spangled rodeo. You know, Glenn Campbell came in and started singing <laughs> Rhinestone Cowboy. Getting cards and letters from people I don't even know. This is a song called Rhinestone Cowboy. Let's do uh, Gentle on My Mind now. <laughs>